Welcome to Eau Claire is Here, your place to find out a little bit more about the people, places, and happenings going on in the best little city in Wisconsin. Now introducing your hosts, Jane Kunick and Jerry Annis. Welcome to another podcast of Eau Claire is Here, and you should be too. I'm Jerry Annis. And I'm Jane Seymour Kunick. Well, thank you all for joining us. We've got a fantastic podcast today. Today, Scott is interviewing my cousin, Kristen Schumacher, who is the director of the Davies Center. A lot of great information. She's going to talk a little bit about her role at the university, but maybe more importantly about Eau Claire and what the draw was because they've moved quite a few times so but we're shooting on location for the people that are on the video it's fantastic we're on the campus Jane and I both were blue gold yep and we both went to Park School which is no longer on the campus but uh, lots of memories still here on the campus and it's amazing to look around this school having gone to school in grade school, kindergarten through sixth grade, and then to come back as a college student, how much has changed and how beautiful it is and and how lucky we are to have this campus that is kind of a staple in our uh, community. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's, well, and I'm a little biased because we went here, but I, I think it's one of the most beautiful campuses. And even, you know, even now the transformation that's taken place and that's really what I love about the university is they're so proactive and, you know, the change that's happened in the last 10 years, this Davies building is brand new mm-hmm. and this big mall behind us where there's people can study and have live venues, the Centennial and even along the river. I mean, you've walked up and down there. Yeah, right? I just think it's beautiful. I live on the river down across from Phoenix Park and there's always people walking down there, but I think sometimes people forget you know how beautiful it is along the water over here and just walking through the campus there's so many nice places to walk and then of course it ties in with Putman Drive and it, it's just beautiful. Well and there's even outdoor fireplaces in the, for the winter yeah, time and whatnot yeah. and, and then both Jane and I we did grow up fairly close to the university. Mm-hmm. You were two or three blocks I was further back. This was our second playground. We would <laughs> we would ride our bikes over here and wade in the pond or the creek and we would go into Davies Center and get ice cream cones and snicker bars and just ride our bikes up and down these trails because back then there were no bike trails. These were the, the, the safe sidewalks for us to ride around on but I often thought what all these college students thought about these little kids walking through the creek, but nobody ever said anything to us. <laughs> yeah, go on, kid. But you yeah. know what? We used, we used to go into the commons and eat the, the leftover food that no one ate. Yeah. <laughs> Old French fries and, eh, you know, but it was pretty Maybe good. that's why they weren't worried about me in the creek. They were more worried yeah. about the kid who's not kid getting out. any food at home. <laughs> well, you know. But, yeah, and, and I grew up on Putnam Drive, which is you know, further on the backside of the neighborhood. And, and, you know, Putnam Trail is this big trail behind the university by the creek, beautiful, scenic. But we would ride back there and we'd stop and there's marsh and creek everywhere and we'd get wet and throw mud at each other and and then eventually come down here like you did. And I just, I remember going through the culverts and, 
you know, one day I was down by the library and I think one of my friends dared me to ride my bike down the stairs hoping I would maybe fall. <laughs> so I, I did it and I kept doing it. Then a couple college students came out and said, hey, do that again. I'll give you a quarter. <laughs> so I was like panhandling money so I could go buy something. Yeah, at the, go into the Davy Center yeah. buy something. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, our guest today, Kristen, uh, and she has... A long history at Eau Claire too. She's my cousin, but when we were younger, she would come to Eau Claire for a week, and we would hang out. And you know, then the next summer we'd go over there. And, but she's very familiar with Eau Claire too, and we would goof around and do all that stuff. I remember when we were on Putnam Drive, we had this big hillside behind our house that butted up to the hill, Plank Street Hill, yeah. Plank Street Hill, where I smashed yeah. a bike, and mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> but to prevent erosion the city or somebody put down all this tar, you know, where it butted up to the hill. So we started like digging tunnels in there. And so we had this tunnel pathway and (laughs) Kristen was there helping us. And one day we were in there and it all came down on us. Oh my gosh. I've never heard this story. Oh, I know. But yeah, stupid little things you do as a kid, but we lived. Right. So, but anyway, Kristen's got a lot of great stuff. I'm excited for Scott uh, with the interview. And so we'll take a look. This is Eau Claire is here, you should be too, and I'm happy to have on the show today Kristen Schumacher, the University Center's Director here at UW Eau Claire. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for thinking of me. Because of Jerry Annis, he is your cousin. Yeah. And he said you'd be great to bring in UW Eau Claire, a great foundation of uh, a lot of good things going on here at Eau Claire. And... I know that you lived away and then moved back. Yeah, absolutely. So Jerry's mother and my mother are sisters, and they're the two oldest of nine kids in the family. And Jerry and I are a month apart, just a little over a month apart. So really from diapers to to diapers, no, uh, diapers to now, um, we've just had this incredible family bond and a great friendship. The idea of us, so six years ago, we had the opportunity to move back to the Eau Claire area. And I think one of the factors was that some of my family was here, um, the Annises in, in particular. And so just knowing that there was going to be some family uh, uh, to a place that we could potentially move to was exciting. A lot of our childhood was spent, so my mom was a single parent and had three girls, so I have two sisters, and then my cousins, the Annises, had five boys, four of which were living kind of out in the country, sort of over off of tea, over by 29 Pines. If you're able to hear in the background, there is some construction because they're they're building a new center for parents, or like, yes. um, you can talk to that, but that there's some noise that you've heard the bell ring, which is always cool on yep. campus, um, maybe even the creek here. We thought it was worth uh, those uh, some of those construction noises just to capture some of the beautifulness of this campus. So if my mom had an opportunity to ship us off for the summer, uh, we would take the Greyhound bus from the Twin Cities over to Eau Claire where my aunt would pick us up. And we'd spend a couple weeks at a time in Eau Claire. And living out in the country, there's something really wholesome about that. And we had so much fun kind of going on some of the dirt bike trails and... Uh, swimming in their pool, and there were a few days that uh, my aunt would send us on our banana seat bikes to ride all the way in to the Y, which, you know, now that I think about how far that is, I think maybe she was crazy, but maybe she wasn't because she wanted all the kids out of the house for the day. 
but we would uh, we would do a lot of fun things in the summer. So I have a lot of fond memories of Eau Claire as a community. You know, things that are popping into my head include going to Mount Simon Park and uh, swimming off the or swinging off the rope swing into the river. I even remember downtown Eau Claire. I think there was a Woolworths where you could you know, walk into the store and order a soda and some french fries and that's, I'm, I'm having vague memories of that. But I kind of remember downtown being a little barren at the time and I'm not sure why. I think you had said something about the... Well, history. I mean, the downtown had slowly moved out to the Oakwood Mall. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, but even, I mean, it was just slowing down in activity and uh, it was, a, you know, industrial at one point, and so there was, you know, then a change in transfer to how they rebuilt it. So sure. I'm sure it was a great, when you move back, um, what a different, you know, feeling you had than maybe back then. Yeah, definitely. You know, that was part of the lure and the excitement of coming back to this area. So I guess in a nutshell, we've moved 12 times, um, mostly due to my husband's career, which is always one of those um, industries where if you want to move up, you have to move out. And I had said, oh, 12 moves, I'm not sure if I want to do that again. But if there was one place that we would move back, I would consider Eau Claire. When the opportunity came up, I think at the time, so this is six years ago, an article had just come out that, that claimed Eau Claire one of the safest places for families to live and to, to prosper. And um, we had lived in Chicago. And so when you go from a really urban setting to the idea of safety, that was top of mind. Three kids, to, to be able to have a better quality of life was something that we were really excited about. On top of that, I think things were just starting to bubble with the Confluence project and there was money being raised and it wasn't quite the Pablo yet, but there was industry that was happening and, and new businesses popping up. And so I thought, this is really, Eau Claire's not only safe, but it's on the bubble of really some really cool things and growth. And so that was a real magnetic draw for us to say. That's a, that's a community, definitely. Not only is family going to be here, but we're going to be safe and we've got some new things happening. So it was uh, really attractive for us to be able to kind of come back and, and do that. So not only is Eau Claire the safe, one of the safest places to live and opportunity to work here and to be close to family, you know, I think there's really cool neighborhood pockets as we were exploring the area, you know, you've got the third ward, which has some of the older homes, some of the colonials, and some of the uh, a couple Queen Anne's and, and some Cape Cods, some really cool styles of houses. But then if you weren't really into the in-town scene, you could go in other pockets of the area and see some new construction or maybe mid-century modern. And so different kinds of homes and be able to find your niche somewhere in Eau Claire even in Chippewa, Elk Mound, some of the surrounding communities, and still be close enough to your Targets and your Starbucks and your movie theaters, but have a little bit of separation. So to me, the, the different areas of possibly living was kind of fun to explore and see the variety of houses that, that were available in the area. Oh, the other part that I love about Eau Claire is not only do you have sort of the bigger name stores in case you needed to go to Menards or whatever, but um, to me, the the local business owners and the mom and pop boutiques and restaurants to me was just like little, little nuggets, little diamond nuggets that we found as we moved back here. Just yummy places like, you know, Shift Coffee House or up in Chippewa, there's a 4.30 a.m. coffee house, which is 
Fabulous and Lucy's Deli up in Chippewa or, you know, some of the mom and pops in town. So for me, it was like, okay, you had the best of both worlds. You had the big in case you needed to go get some, some big things, the Sam Club and, you know, all of that. And then, and then the littles. So um, just so much that this community has to offer. And I think it was neat that you had mentioned that your daughter actually, was it your daughter that transferred back to UW-Eau Claire yeah. after attending a different college when you guys decided to move here? Yeah. neat. Good memory, good memory. Yeah, we lived in Illinois, and she played volleyball at Southern Illinois and was pursuing her degree in kinesiology. And I think uh, after her sophomore year, the opportunity to move here was happening. Well, we spent their childhood bringing, bringing the kids up to Minong, Wisconsin, which is north of here, about an hour and a half. And so when she found out we were moving to Wisconsin, she was like, you're moving without me? What? And so she said, I want to move. I want to go to Eau Claire. I want a more traditional college experience where she was at was kind of a land college. It was out, beautiful landscape and bike paths, but it wasn't in a traditional college town. And so she transferred here and she played volleyball as a blue gold and um, finished her degree in kinesiology. Um, But she said, Eau Claire gave Blue, being a blue gold gave me exactly what I was looking for. So she moved back here and super happy to, to have the quality of life and get out of Illinois and, and be here. Yep. That's, well, that's neat to see. Oh, yeah. Be able to attend those we games a lot she, easier. Yeah, exactly. We were glad she kind of wanted to be around us a little bit. So, <laughs> you know. But. Tell us about kind of your progression a little bit and how sure. you got back to it disposition. Yeah, absolutely. Graduated from Winona State. My boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, played football for Winona and we played in the same conference as, as Eau Claire, as the Blue Golds back in the day. And so another... So did he play Jerry? He did. So you got, and did wow, that yeah. what a fun game that was. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry and Ted played Breaking both of rights. them. Yes, exactly. Sadly, Winona State wasn't as good as the Blue Golds at that time. But um, it was really, it was really fun to watch them compete. And um, boy, coming to Eau Claire and experiencing Carson Park was really fun. Now I see it; it's really the gem of the city, Carson Park. So it's very collegial feeling. And uh, of course, now with the Blue Bowl marching band and one of the largest in the country. But even back then, it was exciting to go to Carson Park underneath the lights and, and watch my boyfriend play against my cousins and. And then, of course, we'd stay for the weekend with some of my friends and experience downtown Water Street and have some college fun and, and be able to really enjoy Eau Claire from that perspective, from a college perspective. And I, I do think what a great oh, um, perspective that you do have as a student coming back to Eau Claire right. and experiencing that college atmosphere right. and now, you know, helping students navigate, you know, their life. Right. Uh, I think that's a great connection piece that you have with them that you can relate. So that, yeah. that's pretty cool. I'm circling back. Yeah. Your question was how I got to where I got. Yeah. So after I graduated from college, we moved a couple times. Uh, like I said, we moved 12 times. But one of them was the opportunity to go back to Winona State. So both my husband and I are in higher education. We've primarily lived in college towns. My area of focus in higher ed is student affairs. And so really was involved in lots of different clubs and groups when I was in college. And when there was an opportunity to go back and give back in that same realm, there was an activities position back at Winona State that I applied for and then went on to get my master's degree in higher education and leadership and and kind of zone in on student activities and the student affairs side of things. 
as you probably know, because it sounds like you were pretty involved uh, back in your college as well, that... Because uh, I went to UW Eau Claire. This is a blue gold, so, so <laughs> that's that's, right. we love alumni, <laughs> so that's a good thing. That's right. Um, but just you grow so much as a student outside the classroom, and there are really some, some tangibles you can, some soft skills that you can build on when you're outside the classroom that are different than inside the classroom. And so my passion around how I was able to grow outside the classroom just was a natural fit to kind of stay in that lane uh, throughout my professional career. And then uh, three years ago, the director position here at the university for our beautiful Davies Center and University Centers opened up. And so I applied for that position and been able to still be in that co-curricular setting for students and be a support system for them. So here we are. Yeah. And it, it's a you know position that encompasses a lot of different areas of mm -hmm. units within university centers is the division of student affairs, including activities, involvement, and leadership office, Blue Gold Card Services, Blue Gold Dining, Event Services, Printing Services, the Service Center, and the University Bookstore. So that's a lot. Wow. It, yeah. <laughs> it is a lot. You know, it's... Um, the student union, just as an industry, or when you think about across the country, we want it to feel like a living room for the students. We want them to be able to come here, connect, grow, eat, get their books, um, really kind of interact with whether that's faculty or, or their peers, and just have it be, we call it a sense of third place. So first place is home, second place is usually work, third place is where there's fluidity and comfortability in your life. And so we really want Davies and university centers to be this sense of third place for students. You know, I think the one thing that I've noticed the most about being on this campus is the how the community of Eau Claire really embraces the students. They, you know, I've worked in other college towns and there's sort of this mentality of they versus us, they being the students and they're partying and, and us and our community and we have to be protective of that. Those are other college towns. Eau Claire is not like that. I think what's unique about Eau Claire is the community says, come work with us. Let us mentor you. Stay here after you graduate. Add to our economy. I see so many different events that we have on campus where community, they're buying just as many tickets as the students and there's that chance to really integrate thought process, growth, mentorship, ideas. So there's some really wonderful uh, community relations between the university that happens here that I haven't seen at other college towns. So it's neat. You know that. You're a blue gold, so you know that, that feeling. Absolutely. I mean, there definitely is a special feeling on this campus. I appreciated my time here. And then it was, in this space right here, it was the Davies Center's that, yeah. I mean, so it, and I'll try to include some snapshots for who people who may be listening who don't know this area, but it's a beautiful building right behind us um, that replaced it, which was in the parking lot now. Yes. And uh, so, but there was memories there, lots of new memories here, including all the events that are held in this building that foster yeah. just great uh, idea building, obviously meetings, studying, and concerts. Yeah, you talk about idea building. I'll tell you when I first stepped here on campus in my role, I oversaw the, the forum and the artist series. And so for those people who don't know what that is, the forum is a 76 year old lecture series 
that William Davies himself started. And what he wanted is he wanted an opportunity to have the students come together for some scholarly activity, to expand their mind on any sort of global topic. At first it started with internal speakers and it has now evolved to having external speakers, Maya Angelou, JFK, just really cool interactions between these big names in society to our students and really to expand the idea of how you think about things. And then there was always kind of discussion before or afterwards in sort of a debrief. And early, early on, uh, when the university started over 100 years ago, some of these conversations would go into the evening. You know, it makes me think about Robin Williams' Dead Poet Society, where they would just talk about what they listened to. Wow. So, so just the idea of growth, I was able to kind of step into that role and host some really cool speakers and that continues on to today. It's been handed off to some of my staff who do a phenomenal job. And so that's that's one event that we're well known for where again you see that integration of community among the students and really some really good dialogue that happens um, after some of those events. I think last night we were talking even a little bit about our Viennese ball. So. You said that was one of your first dates with Jane. Oh, yeah, that actually was one of our first dates. Jane and I went on. It's was it would be a it's a pretty formal date, but it was yeah. it's a ton of fun. If you haven't been to the Viennese Ball, you got to check it out. It yeah. is just it it's the biggest Viennese Ball outside the one Vienna. in Austria, right? <laughs> yes, uh, that is one of our claim to fame. We say we're world renowned, and we've had um, you know people from. Austria here uh, in the early days, uh, its purpose is to be a scholarship ball, so to raise money for our music and theater arts and even our international students. And it has always, it, it took a while to kind of get off, it was very community based. We had a lot of folks in the community uh, baking torts and we had polka band, which we've had every year since then, uh, and we try and display a, a wide array of German food, Austrian food, but the sole purpose is to, how much money can we raise to really give some scholarships to our music, theater arts, and international students. A couple years ago, we added some of our student employees who really are an integral part of making the ball run here in University Center. So there's also scholarships uh, for, for students who work in Davies as well. But it is, as you know, black tie event and just uh, an amazing showcase of our talented students. You said you were in the Singing Statesman? Yes, I was in choir and got the privilege to sing at a great event like this. And there's the jazz band, the orchestra, there's waltzing and swing dancing. Like you said, the polka band. There's just music almost in every different room. And it's really, it's, it's neat the way they transform. They put up um, a lot of decoration. So that's definitely a great event. Another one that comes to mind being in music was Cabaret. Oh, yes. Uh, the music, the choir groups, and the band um, also, you know, play and sing and dance. Yeah. And uh, put on some uh, little theater acts and uh, just a fun time for students. But uh, I think they raise money for scholarships there, too. Yes, they um, do. For that one, right? Yes, yeah. they do. I'm continually impressed with there's always something new that I didn't know about that you can attend. So when I think about the rise of the Pablo and and just the arts in the Chippewa Valley, uh, even just outside the university, I'm so impressed with the Blue Ox Music Festival, the Eau Claire's Festival. It sounds like summer concert series that's put on by Volume One. 
the university events that happen, everything from from vocal to to music. I, it, it, I'm just so impressed with the level of arts that happen in this community on a nightly basis, especially in the summer when you know people can get out a little bit more. So. Yes, obviously we're looking forward to the days where we can get back to doing that because it is such an important part of life here yeah. uh, that people can get involved in. Are there other events that we should highlight? I know that they bring in concerts. I went to concerts. I'm assuming they're probably still doing that. Yeah. What well, One, I know they would do them at Zorn, mm-hmm. um, but then I, they even have smaller ones. They have uh, do they still call it the cabin? Yes. Yeah, we actually have a student programming board called the University Activities Commission. It's a commission of the Student Senate here on campus. And there is segregated fee dollars that students pay that go towards these kinds of grassroots activities. And so for the students, there's everything from grocery bingo to acoustic concerts in the cabin um, that happen on the weekends. Um, this year, because of COVID, we're moving to some virtual concerts as as everybody's kind of getting used to that idea but they certainly host the larger concerts a couple years ago we had hunter hayes who's a popular country music artist who was in zorn jesse mccartney some of the students would would remember so some bigger names held in zorn arena so that's been something that has been happening for a very long time justin vernon from going there justin vernon Yeah. yeah of course all big names, but then we have some small names as well. Some kind of local, kind of grassroots, everything from blues to pop to country to indie music in the cabin. We like to use student based bands for that. But then there's some, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other events our UAC does, and uh, a lot of it evolves around Homecoming Week and just really kind of bringing back some of those traditions of Homecoming uh, right down to the parade which comes down First Ave and ends at Water Street. We have a winter fest, a spring fest for students. And so those are some of the grassroots programming, but then certainly some of the larger events that come out of the music and theater arts in regards to cabaret or all the singing statesmen con- uh, concerts, the, the WOCO concerts, which is the women, uh, women concert, concert yeah. um, choral concert. I think I'm saying that wrong, but Wolfo, anyway. Who, um, and, and the voices just astound you. And then you've got all the quartets and the string ensembles, and it's the events are, are endless, really. For me, the Artist Series was another piece of what I did, and so we brought everybody from um, the Milwaukee Ballet over in Zorn. We had uh, a really cool Christmas um, presentation by Lightwire Theater. So that was up in the Ojibwe Ballroom and all everything was blacked out. So it was complete dark and the only thing you saw up on the stage were outlines of, you know, the characters and so they sort of did a, a nutcracker version of All in Lights. Um, it was something we had gotten off of America's Got Talent. And so there's some really big artists, a really great array of, of artist series that, that we want to keep uphold its integrity because it's been here for so long so lots of events scott i'm sure as a student you yeah, came to some and if absolutely and if you don't as a community member i'm gonna well, encourage you to do that yeah these aren't events just for students mm-hmm. that's the it's the in community gets to be a part of a lot of the events that happen here which is awesome and then for people that don't know about the cabin it's a smaller uh, why don't you talk about the cabin? Sure. For, they had it in the original Davies, which was kind of a unique little feel, but it's kind of neat what they did with this space here, too. Sure. It's a, 
they have open mic, I think, and stuff like that there, maybe poetry. Yep. So uh, when the students were talking about designing the new Davies building, the cabin needed to be a part of that. The students make sure that their voice was heard and they want to keep the authenticity of what the cabin was and then how do we grow with the times. And so to, to keep some acoustic artists in there, some poetry slams and readings in there, but at the same time, serve coffee, uh, kind of like a mini mini Starbucks. But it's a really, we have the original sign from the old Davies in there calling it the cabin. And the students feel really cozy. There's two levels to it. And we're able to have some smaller award ceremonies in there. We have some faculty concerts in there occasionally. We, we actually serve alcohol in there. So if students who are of age want to come in or faculty want to come in, after three o'clock on a weekday and have a Stella Artois, they can. And so we wanted it to kind of be an ever-evolving place where people felt comfortable to go in and get something to drink and watch a little artist series if they wanted. Yeah. It was a neat space, and I think what they did here is, is, is really neat as well. Just so many awesome things going on. Sometimes you can forget and think that it's just, you know, that's it's for students, but no. it really is open to community members and and a lot of community members do take part but I think though for a lot of people that who aren't familiar that's why you know we want to bring some of these events to the viewers so that hopefully more people take advantage of these things especially as they come back but they're building a new center over there we feel fortunate that even during COVID uh, we expect to have enrollment down a little bit but we've got a phenomenal admissions team and we feel like we are the most beautiful campus in the UW system, boasting everything we have to offer here. But um, Right along our, the Triple River. Absolutely. Um, our admissions team and our university and just really a lot of people who work here were really good at advocating for what we have. So we haven't seen a significant drop in enrollment like other schools may, may be seeing. Um, one of the great things about having a foundation um, that supports us financially as a university is they were able to raise funds to build a new welcome and visitor center. So the idea behind the construction... The Alumni Foundation? The Alumni, yep, the Google Alumni Foundation. Um, and to be able to uh, raise monies for our, our welcome and visitor center, just with that growth, we're sort of running out of space. And we thought this would be a good opportunity to build a sense of place, sort of a physical entrance to the campus like you are here whether you're a visiting upcoming potential student or you're a returning alum or any sort of donors you know this is kind of the place to anchor and say okay I need to go see this area or that area here's where you come as a, as a visitor to our campus we welcome you and here's everything that all the information you can get from being here so we'll have our admissions office over there to kind of have some presentations to new and in interested students we'll have our alumni staff over there to be able to connect um, with, with donors and, and just alumni who want to stop in and say oh my gosh look at the new Davis Center and to them we say thank you because your fees helped build that you know so so um, so it's exciting to see growth in a time where we're a little nervous about enrollment um, but we, we feel comfortable with where we're landing for this year and we know that when students get here they're going to love it and so our, our hope is that they stay here and graduate from here and then stay in Eau Claire. Well Jane and I just walked we you know do a lot of walking around this beautiful city and you know she hadn't been down here for a while and realized all the different changes right in the front there and for those who have 
haven't come and checked it out and walked right along the river, they redeveloped that. It was a road that would go to upper campus. Now it's just a nice walking path, landscaped beautifully, mm -hmm. and just definitely uh, something yeah. that I, I brought. My cousin had visited it, and one of the easy places I said, well, let's just go look at the, the Putnam Rock or Putnam Trail yes, over yeah. there. And, uh, you know, that walks, the, the trail itself goes right behind the university, which is just another, uh, you know, for students to be able to enjoy nature so close is what an advantage. But for those that are alumni coming back to come and see some of the changes, along yeah. with Davies, to see just the, the different landscaping out there is really neat. There's a water fountain, and I was glad to see they still have, I think, the clock tower, but it was just moved. Yes. So I was like, where did it go? I always liked, you know, checking that time, you know, going in between classes, right. but it's in a different spot. And now there's a rock fountain, mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. Yeah, I think I, if I could credit anything, I think we're lucky to have the chancellor that we have. Chancellor Schmidt has been here, uh, I think, seven years, and he really is about integrating and making campus a place where anyone can come and feel comfortable. And part of that is the beautification projects that he sort of envisioned when he first stepped onto campus. Definitely the Garfield Avenue project in and taking that old road out and making it an experience. So when you walk, you know, you have the daunting hill ahead of you to walk <laughs> up to the, to the uh, residence halls from class. How do we make that an experience so it doesn't feel like it's so far? We bring donors into the space and with the new fountain that was here. And then how do we bring back some nostalgia with the clock tower and placing that where it is? Creating the archway to the Garfield Avenue among many other things that he does. And so he really likes to promote that campus really is for community. It's for business people to come. Are you going for a walk or a bike ride? Cut through campus. He was instrumental in having the Blue Gold Mile for the Eau Claire Marathon kind of come through campus. And as we hear, it's the most uh, look, look forward to mile that a lot of the runners say, oh, this is where the fun is. We have the Blue Gold Marching Band, we have our athletic teams, we have our Greek organizations and our student organizations with their signs. And, and so he really is all about that. And I give him a lot of credit in regards to like how do we make that seamless so not only from a physical standpoint but then from a business standpoint and creating partnerships with our local businesses and with our community members to have a say in what's happening here. He's really a great visionary to lead the university. When you brought up the, the mile there it really it's a great spot because uh, it's towards the end of either whether it's the half marathon or the full marathon and all the, the students cheering and uh, it's really encouraging at a time when I think people need it most. I've, ex I've done the half and so I know how that feels like and uh, okay. so that's pretty neat. But you also brought up another great point with these partnerships, whether it's uh, by the confluence and you know the apartment building there for students and, and then also uh, the new project that I know has been delayed a little bit with COVID. Is it the Sonatex? Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Sonatex Center, right? Yep. To be another event center and a place uh, for lots of different things, co combining the partnership there with Mayo. It's really, uh, it's I think connecting Eau Claire itself with the university, that working together in those different ways is awesome. <laughs> it's 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 um, innovative. It's uh, exactly how our chancellor thinks. It's how do we bring 
the city as a partner into the Sun and Take Event Center, visit Eau Claire into that. How do we integrate with Pablo and you give our students some maybe high impact experiences so they can grow and, and have some apprenticeships or mentorships with local businesses. And even some classes, I think, or yeah. like, I mean, you know, theater experiences, of course. Absolutely. So it's it's uh, really neat to be part of a university that's growing in a time where we're all a little nervous yeah. about COVID and enrollment and that sort of thing, but but that it, it's, it's not as dire as it could be here, so. And I, just walking through, could see the precautions that you're taking on almost every table in the Davies Center is hand sanitizer. And, and from my experience, knowing and seeing Chancellor speaking, he does see, he has charisma and the enthusiasm to make things work. And yeah. that's been even my observation um, from the little that I have witnessed. So that that's nice to know. Yeah, he's a problem solver, you know, and he encourages all of us to be problem solvers as well. He knows that the work of many is, is better than the work of one. And so he really kind of um, massages that and supports what does that mean. It, you know, you're part of a learning community, how you help solve some of those problems. COVID is definitely one. So um, this fall we have every faculty, staff, and student will receive two masks and some hand sanitizer and the temperature gauge. You and I are practicing social distancing. Um, we're outside. Out, we're outside. And um, so we've got a lot of systems I have my mask place. over here. Good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Hers just says UW-Eau Claire. It I does. want to get one of those. <laughs> it does. Yep. Yep. We feel pretty good about all of the precautions. We have a good, strong risk management area that's sort of leading that charge and support from our vice chancellors to kind of help move things forward with PPE devices. How do we get some maybe FEMA dollars back to support what we're trying to do? And so we're, we're trying our best and like you said, uncharted territory and uh, hopefully uh, we're, we're making all the right decisions. Yeah, well, you do the best you can, and but the leadership to have the tough conversations, specifically even, I know that um, the Chancellor was involved with the Black Lives Matter, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's important, or different events that are causing, you know, uh, the conversations. He's a part of those conversations, yeah. and you need that from a leader, Absolutely. and I know this, there's student groups that are making sure that people's voices are heard and supported from their clubs or organizations or even probably, you know, different levels of student senate making sure that things are being yeah. tackled. We have some noise in the background with our little trailer back there. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll be able to hear that last part. We've tried to talk a little bit louder, but that's part of the organic experience of being outside, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, really enjoyed talking with you, Kristen, and meeting you, and maybe sometime when uh, Jerry has a campfire in his backyard, you know, we'll be able to meet with you again a little more informally. Any other final thoughts or things you wanted to share? Just thanks or for having me. I think what you're doing, I think, um, to showcase Eau Claire is a great community, a great place to live. Um, people should be excited about what's kind of at our feet here in this community. And uh, you can discover something new every day if you wanted to. And so thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about um, what I do for a living and more so a great Thank you. Glad you, glad you moved back. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, Scott, thank you for that interview. Uh, I know this podcast is going to be a little bit longer, but I mean, a ton of content, and I'm sure you guys could have gone on even a lot longer, but I just 
I really enjoyed the interview. And I just want to just say how proud I am of my cousin, Kristen. The role that she has at the university here is such a big role and, and a lot going on. And I, I just, she does a wonderful job. And, but even more so as a person, I she thinks she's fantastic. And I know for me, whenever I'm struggling with something or something difficult, I can always throw it past Kristen. And just, I love her wisdom and just candor, so. Well, that's awesome. Right. And I, I enjoyed the interview too, and I can appreciate her moving a lot because I moved a lot. Yeah. And that's why I came back here after I started having kids because it's such a great city to, and you too. Mm-hmm came back you know it's just such a great city to live in and raise a family and whenever I'm showing a new person around Eau Claire you know the university is always a huge bonus to me I think sometimes the public forgets how many public events they have here that we all are fortunate to be able to participate in and so I think it's great and Again, it's beautiful. If you haven't seen it lately, you need to come walk around down here. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. If any of you have any questions about real estate or if you're curious or interested or just even want to know what your home is worth, that's what Jane and I do. We would love to have an opportunity to visit with you and talk. But until next time, have a fantastic day. We'll see you soon. If you enjoyed the Eau Claire is Here podcast, be sure to subscribe and then give us a five-star rating and write a review. That's the best way to get this podcast in front of as many people as possible.